you know, we've been talking a lot over the last few years about kind of what's going on in the economy. And we came across uh, kind of this financial mashup that kind of over the last three years shows us what's been happening and where we are today. And we wanted to share it with you guys tonight. Check this out. According to Bloomberg, foreign countries are increasingly using currency swaps to get the Chinese yuan, as you can see on your screens. It's quite shocking to see that the outstanding balance of yuan used by foreign central banks in just three years jumped from about $38 billion in 2020 to $120 billion yuan in the third quarter of this year. So it is clear that global central banks have used currency swaps with China to a record degree this year. I will remind you that Saudi Arabia has been selling its holdings of U.S. treasuries for months now. China's holdings of the U.S. Treasuries are at an all-time low as well. There is a separate video on my channel with the details. As you know, Saudi Arabia is very close to officially joining the BRICS bloc. Its membership is effective January 1st of 2024. So the latest step between Saudi Arabia and China is this bilateral local currency swap agreement that is signed by the country's central banks. This is big news that, in my personal opinion, shouldn't be underestimated because the world's top oil exporter, Saudi Arabia, just signed a deal with the world's top energy importer, China. Also, China is Saudi Arabia's biggest trade partner. It's absolutely clear that they're not going to use the U.S. dollar for crude oil transactions within the BRICS bloc countries. The petrodollar is actually a device invented by Kissinger and Nixon. The standard of living of all Americans can be traced back to here, the vast oil-rich deserts of Saudi Arabia. In the early 70s, after the Arab crisis happened with the oil embargoes, OPEC basically tripled the price of oil to the Western world. And at that time, America realized that they were vulnerable because they were importing about 70% of all the oil they consumed. To secure a reliable foreign source of oil, U.S. President Richard Nixon sent his Secretary of State and National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger to Saudi Arabia for a secret meeting. The result was a pact that still stands to this day. If Saudi Arabia, which at the time was the world's largest producer of oil, would sell the oil in U.S. dollars, America would defend Saudi Arabia and make sure the House Assad would stay in power. As a direct result of this U.S.-Saudi agreement, all other oil-producing nations also adopted the dollar as the de facto medium of exchange. Demand for it increased exponentially all over the world, and soon it had a new name, the petrodollar. Your currency is only as strong as the demand for it, just like anything else, the supply and demand. Why the petrodollar is important, it causes a demand for the U.S. dollar. A lot of Americans don't realize that over 70% of all the $100 bills in the world are actually outside of the U.S. There's more $100 bills in Russia than there are in America. This stockpile of U.S. dollars in countries around the world is because oil is bought and sold using the greenback. If oil starts trading 
in non-petrodollars, such as gold or a basket of currencies, or if China and Russia start trading in yuan and ruble rather than US dollars, that demand isn't there. And the way of life for the average American will be done. It will be worse than the Great Depression. To date, anyone who's potentially threatened the status of the petrodollar hasn't fared well. Libyan strongman Muammar Gaddafi publicly pushed for a pan-African gold-backed currency that he would trade for Libya's oil. He was killed during a U.S.-backed revolution in 2011. And just a few short years before, Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein advocated selling oil for euros. At this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq. The U.S. invaded under the guise of looking for WMDs. Iraq did not have any weapons of mass destruction. And interestingly enough, after the Americans invaded, took over, put in their own government, the whole concept of selling oil in euros never surfaced again. Today, many countries resent the current petrodollar system, and their leading spokesperson is none other than Russian President Vladimir Putin. Americans should be very worried about what Putin can do. There is a new Cold War going on. It is the colder war. That is exactly what's going on. And who's in the center of this push? Vladimir Putin. And the petrodollar is so crucial to the Colder War. The only thing holding America right now at the top is the petrodollar. And let me make it very clear. If the petrodollar dies, so does America as a superpower. A very significant event just happened, and nobody in the mainstream media reported on this. The digital yuan has been used for the first time ever to settle a crude oil transaction. This directly undermines not just the strength, but the entire existence of the petrodollar. The use of the yuan is a clear evidence that de-dollarization is not some conspiracy theory that should be dismissed. In December of last year, the president of China traveled to Saudi Arabia and met with the crown prince Mohammed bin Salman in Riyadh. This diplomatic trip was extremely important and, as many predicted, it would signal the beginning of the end to a petrodollar. The seven oil-producing nations of the Persian Gulf account for roughly 32% of global crude oil production. They have half of the world's proven crude oil reserves. The Chinese president proposed that the Persian Gulf nations start using the Shanghai Petroleum and Natural Gas Exchange for energy transactions. Following the end of the visit, it was announced that Saudi Arabia agreed to move away from only transacting crude oil sales in the U.S. dollar. MBS agreed to accept the yuan when selling energy resources to China. This, of course, was not announced in the Western media because it's a significant foreign policy fail. In essence, it means that the petrodollar's days are numbered. The number two economic advisor, Lael Brainerd, is a modern monetary theorist whose whole idea, as you mentioned, CBDC, is to roll out a CBDC, central bank digital currency, administered by the Federal Reserve. She ran Point, 
on FedNow, which just came out a few weeks ago. This is the uh, Federal Reserve's version of Venmo and Zelle. It will replace all checks within a year. And she also, while working at the Fed, I think the Boston Fed, worked with MIT in development of another executive order that Biden signed at the behest of the BIS, Bank of International Settlement, by the way, the same group that reclassified gold, the world's only other tier one reserve asset next to U.S. dollars, also said every country in the world must have an operational central bank digital currency by 2025. That's Lil Brainerd's baby. So she wants to get rid of the banks, go modern monetary theory, and have a central bank digital currency. To understand it took almost 200 years, it took till 1974, to, to accumulate our first $450 billion. We've done it in 18 days. So something's got to change, John, no question about it. We're, we're heading off a cliff, and, and we're, we're, we got the pedal to the floor. Yeah, you know, I heard a statistic the other day that every minute we're adding $8 million to our debt. So by the time we're done with our podcast in 30 minutes, I think I think that, you know, that's... What, $240 million. $240 million. Now we're going to see a deflating economy, a recession, higher interest rates, difficulty paying off the debt, and bang, you don't own anything anymore. You rent, you, you Klaus Schwab. But sign on the dotted line, we'll make you whole. In other words, I believe they're trying to reset this system. So here's my big frustration. I mean, perhaps you, you've experienced the same thing. I talk to a lot of people as you do, and I share this stuff with them. And the CBC, BRICS, the decline of the dollar, the collapse of the economy, forget recession, we're getting into a depression. And they look at me like I've got two heads on. You know, I got two heads. They're like, well, so what? That doesn't affect me. You know, I've been hearing about this debt for years and, oh, that'll just go away like it always does. And we'll get back to normal. Don't worry. Everything's fine. What did you say to those people? I mean, it's it's like we're this frog in that boiling pot of water, right? Before it's too late. Well, if you guys go out and buy the book, The Little Boy Who Cried Wolf, you'll see me on the cover, the new abridged version. I am there waving. <laughs> but remember, on the last page, the wolf comes. Our mutual good friend, Robert Kiyosaki, said something at, uh, to me into a conference that we were both at that really resonated with me. In fact, I've, I've, I've hijacked it and said said this phrase more than just about any since, and that is people do not have the ability to get out of the way of what they don't see coming. And most people are reluctant to listen to this type of message because it speaks of anything but good times and prosperity. And that's why so few people ever succeed in investing because they don't see the big picture. They only move after they see it for themselves. And in this case, why so few people will be prepared because they are reluctant to believe that normalcy bias could ever change. But the clues are there. The crumbs are there. You don't have to be a PhD economist or be even particularly astute if you put together the clues. When you look at each and one of these pieces in and of themselves, yeah, they might be disturbing. Put them all together and then take a step back and say, wow, yeah, I see that. And when I started this journey, John, I, I didn't start thinking that they were out to reset the system. I saw gold being reclassified and being repatriated by the central banks. It was very unusual. Then I see the central banks going on a massive, massive buying spree. Very unusual. Then I hear about the Belt Road Initiative. Wow, the U.S. isn't part of it. Largest infrastructure project ever. Then I see the BRICS. It was in 2021, the day we left Afghanistan, um, very unharmoniously, when Saudi Arabia signed a joint military cooperation agreement with Russia that day, 
was the end of the petrodollar because it has been our protection of the Saudi kingdom for 50 years that has given us that hegemony. That started it. And from that point forward, every action that that the BRICS made, that Saudi Arabia made, that that all of the countries associated with it have made, have told me this is absolutely where we're going. But when we saw the weaponizing of the dollar and the signing of an executive order that we're going green, we don't need you anymore, Saudi Arabia, it became very obvious. Well, we are doing this. So without further ado, please give a big hand to the Vice President of the United States, Joe Biden, and... I've been asked to uh, I've been asked to speak uh, about this year's topic, and Dr. Schwab, I'm flattered you'd ask me to keynote. Uh, there's an expression in my old neighborhood back in the United States. This may be above my pay grade. It's not above yours, though. You've written extensively on the topic that you've asked me to speak to: mastering the fourth industrial revolution. Many other countries, including Japan and Saudi Arabia are getting rid of U.S. treasuries too. Is that a coincidence? What is the truth? Well, the truth is that there are several important reasons why U.S. treasuries look less attractive. The 10-year U.S. treasury yield just hit 5% last week. Remember that bond yields and bond prices move in opposite direction. So a rising yield means that the demand for treasury bonds is falling. When a central bank raises interest rates, U.S. Treasury bond yields increase. And then this, in turn, makes bond prices decline. With trillions of dollars worth of U.S. debt sitting on their books, there is truly no reason to hold on to it in this environment, which is why foreign countries are incentivized to sell in order to mitigate the risk of taking a loss in the near future. Foreign countries are aware that the United States economy is not what it used to be. So as an investor, this makes you really think twice whether the risk is worth the promise of a return in the future. When a government issues massive amounts of debt, it has to pay interest on it. As U.S. Treasury's yield increases, um, it means that the government has to be in a position to keep paying that interest to all of its bondholders. It cannot default. But the problem is the United States government has been running deficits every single quarter. So even though it can't print cash literally out of thin air only to devalue it more and more, as we know, it still needs to meet its obligations. A surge in interest expense is a red flag to foreign investors who believe that a 10-year or 30-year U.S. Treasury is just too risky to hold now. Nobody knows what will happen a year from now, maybe even two weeks from now, let alone a decade. This is one of the reasons why there is less demand for U.S. Treasuries. In 2022, the U.S. government spent 35% more to service its own debt than a year prior. Soon, it will surpass any other expense category, such as Medicare, Medicaid, or defense. The higher the federal funds rate is, the higher the yield is likely to become, meaning it will cost us exponentially more to carry our national debt. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget expects payments to triple to $1.4 trillion in eight years, in eight years, by 2032. By 2053, the interest payments are projected to surge to $5.4 trillion. 
So in three decades or sooner, just depending on how things go with the current geopolitical events, interest expense will consume 35% of the United States federal revenue. A far more important reason behind China selling its holdings of the U.S. Treasuries is the foreign policy of the United States. China and Brazil have completed their first bilateral trade using local currency. The move joins a host of other countries moving away from the U.S. dollar in a shift of the global economic balance. According to the Bank of China, the transaction marks a milestone in trade relations between Beijing and Brasilia after a deal was reached in April. The new process of using the Chinese yuan in exchange for the Brazilian real is set to open doors for companies to expand business. Well, we spoke to a pair of guests on the matter who suggest that other nations will continue to move away from the current global reserve currency. This is very promising and it's part of a trend that will, that will continue. The global trading system, um, I think, has to become more independent of uh, U.S. policy. Which, which increasingly the U.S. dollar has become a kind of a, an instrument of, of that policy. The role of the U.S. dollar will continue to, to um, decline. Dollar dominance is uh, more and more clearly uh, an instrument of uh, neocolonial uh, exploitation. Its role as a reserve currency is also going to decline. China has already agreements with almost 30 countries to do trade and investments without using the dollar. So I think this is one more chapter in in this uh, uh, the new trend of creating alternatives to the use of dollar, which we know is one of the biggest uh, weapons that United States has to keep their domination around the world. What's going to happen? What do you, I mean, how long can we keep this up, Andy? How long can people keep taking this piece of garbage here that we print at will? I don't think much longer at all. I mean, look, it, just in this year alone, the BRICS countries have offloaded $123 billion in U.S. treasuries. China Jeez. and Brazil and India, the United Arab Emirates, all of our, our, our supposed allies of the past, well, minus China, although we had a good relationship with them for a long time, they're dumping the bonds. And, and there are countries that are, are working very hard to strike deals with one another outside the dollar. And as we continue to print at a pace that is unsustainable, while rates are going higher, we are putting such strain on the entire system. The whole system is going to be dragged down. And maybe that's what they're intending to do. But maybe that's why and it's not just the wealthiest traders in the world, that being the central banks, it's the most sophisticated and well-informed continue to buy gold at a pace that the world has never seen over the last 18 months, more than they have ever seen. And every month it's bigger than the last. They know what's coming. And this is a very big deal and it must be done methodically, not too quick to cut off your nose to spite your face, but there will come a point and I call it logarithmic decay. Little by little by little by little by little, then bang, all at once. It's like going over the falls. Well, we're seeing the little by little by little by little by little. Every interview that you and I have done, we've talked more about the little by little by little by little by little. Where are we in this logarithmic decay where we hit the falls? Don't know, but we will hit that. And I think that's what you're so good at showing people is the little by little by little by little. And when the all at once comes, when none of us know when it probably on a Sunday night, if you're not prepared, not just with gold and silver in every way, I think um, it, it's going to be a very, uh, let's call it a religious experience and, and one that I don't think will be very pleasant for the majority of the people 
who don't see what's coming and therefore have not and cannot get out of the way. Last, real last question, about 30 seconds. What's CBDC going to do when the Fed goes to the Fed coin? What happens then? Well, I think in order to get to the CBDC, you have to create an event. And that event could be the loss of the petrodollar and everyone dumping dollars, which creates hyperinflation as the dollars hit our shores and inflation goes straight up and interest rates go straight up to compensate, not controlled by the Fed, but by the market and everything collapses. But have no fear. Lail Brainerd and her central bank digital currency, the number two economic advisor to the U.S. White House, modern monetary theorist who who ran point on Fed now and also worked with MIT in establishing the CBDC. Uh, I think you will create an event where people will beg for it because they will have watched the banking system implode. CBDCs will be the end of privacy and will be the ability for the Federal Reserve to create both monetary and fiscal policy right to the end user. And it's what they want, and it is coming. And the Bank of International Settlements said every country must have an operational one by 2025. It's coming. And I think that's another thing to be prepared for. Get out of the matrix. Own things that have no counterparty risk, like gold and silver. That's that's why I own this. This is silver and gold. Yeah, there'll come a time where they'll say, you got 90 days to turn this in. And if you don't, it's worthless. And now you get your new CBDC. When does that happen? Don't know. How does it happen? I don't know. But they will have an event that makes people want to take it. Because the majority of the people that I talk to and listen to you, they don't want to take it unless they have no choice. And that event, the banking system blowing up, everything blowing up here, will make you whole. Just sign on the dotted line. You have our currency. I'm talking about our currency being used throughout the world. You want it to remain. You want the dollar to remain the world's reserve currency. Well, I think it's bigger than losing any war. Mm-hmm. I think if it doesn't, uh, look, we are already reverting to third world status in many ways. You look at our airports, you look at our terminals, you look at our filthy roads and broken roads and everything else. We're like a third world country. We have something that's very powerful, and that's our dollar all mm-hmm. over. But you take a look at what's happening to it now with other countries not using it. And you know, China wants to replace it with mm-hmm. the yuan. Mm-hmm. And it was unthinkable with us. Unthinkable. Would never have happened. Now people are thinking about it. That could happen. BRICS nations have the oil. They have their natural resources. They don't have to put up with it. And they're not going to put up with it. And remember, two thirds of those hombres are not buddies not friends of this constitutional republic we have. They're our enemies or rubbing up on our enemies. Where does money come from? All of this. And so it's a foreign concept to most people. But I mean, you know, a dollar used to just be a promissory note. It was a promise that you could redeem that dollar for the equivalent in gold, right? That was what controlled and stabilized currencies. We don't have that anymore. And since 1971, we haven't had that, right? A gold-backed currency. So now your currency is backed by nothing other than the credibility of the issuing government. So you have to ask yourself the question, do you trust the government? And if the answer is no, then why would you trust their currency? Because it's the same thing. I have directed the Secretary of the Treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States. 
Now, what is this action, which is very technical, what does it mean for you? Let me lay to rest the bugaboo of what is called devaluation. If you want to buy a foreign car or take a trip abroad, market conditions may cause your dollar to buy slightly less. But if you are among the overwhelming majority of Americans who buy American-made products in America, your dollar will be worth just as much tomorrow as it is today. I don't save dollars. I don't save loonies, you know, the Canadian dollars. I don't save yen. I don't save, I don't save any of that stuff. I serve, I save hard. I do mean hard. Gold and silver. And I do own gold mines and silver mines. And the very simple reason is I just don't trust my government. Citibank announcing that it is now able to convert customers' deposits into digital blockchain-based tokens. Citi says that this isn't a service that you have to sign up for, even if you want to use it. There is nothing you need to do because it's already built into the payment settlement system. For now, Citi rolled out the pilot for its commercial customers only, but it may be safe to assume that since the system and the infrastructure are already in place, Digital deposit tokens may soon be launched for non-business consumers. According to Bloomberg, JP Morgan is exploring private blockchain-based deposit tokens for payment settlement. In the case with large banks, the digital blockchain system is fully 100% controlled by the bank. So effectively, the bank would be able to dictate how, when, and where that cash can be used. Uh, a decline in the value of the dollar is necessary in order to uh, compensate for the fact that the U.S. economy will remain rather weak, will be a drag on the global economy. Uh, uh, China will emerge as the motor replacing the U.S. consumer. And, of course, it's a smaller motor because the Chinese economy is much smaller. So the world economy will have less of a motor. So it will move forward slower than it has in the last uh, 25 years. But China will be the engine driving it forward, and the U.S. will be actually a, a drag that's being pulled along through a gradual decline in the value of the dollar. So there would be a slow uh, um, decline in the value of the dollar, a managed uh, decline. And that would be the, the adjustment that it needs to be accomplished. Now the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa have announced plans to develop a new currency. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, it used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years you yeah. know, before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office. $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending. But we can take care of ourselves. You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission 
when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets. And now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to 75, if it goes to 100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacey Whiten. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day. (laughs) 